الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وكونوا مع الصادقين قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم اتق المحارم تكن اعبد الناس او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم most respected students of deen mothers and sisters the last discussion that we had about 2 weeks ago the topic was about the despondency that shaitan creates sometimes in a person to think that there is no way i can give up the sin that i'm involved in it is almost an impossibility and by bringing these kind of thoughts what shaitan tries to achieve is to make the person give up even trying to give it up make the person give up the effort to even forsake that sin so if the person doesn't even try to give it up then there is no way that the person will give it up because not even trying if a person is has fallen somewhere fallen in a whole lot of mess and filth but the person decides not to wake up from there the person decides to remain sitting there so obviously they're going to be stuck in that same spot and caught up in that filth and mess and will remain in that stink and in that terrible odor but if the person decides that no i need to do something they start making some movements start trying to crawl out of it start trying to do something or the other then there's a good chance that that will prove beneficial and the person will come out of that mess but shaitan now wants that the person mustn't even try mustn't even make any attempt so that is the trap of shaitan which we need to be very very wary about and stay far away from allah taala has given every person the ability to refrain from everything that is haram because allah taala has only made that haram which is harmful for us allah taala has given us the ability to stay out of harm anything and everything that is haram is only beneficial for us to stay away from it this allah taala's great mercy great favor that allah taala has made these things forbidden this is a different subject itself but just to very briefly understand what is being said that for example a very easy to understand example that allah taala has made intoxicants haram now this is forbidden allah taala has made it haram so allah taala made intoxicants haram what a great favor that is upon us that if intoxicants were not haram then many a person would say well it's not haram so doesn't matter if i do have some of this but then what's going to be the end result that an intoxicant is an intoxicant it shuts down a person's mind 
it shuts down his thinking. He can't think straight. In fact, not forget can't think straight. One is to think straight, but the other is to think upside down, to think in a deviated manner. Now, the person who is under the influence of an intoxicant, the person's mind gets completely turned upside down. So, when a person's mind is turned upside down, the person can't think correctly, can't think straight. So, what is going to be the outcome of such a situation? There's going to be disaster. The person is going to be thinking of the most disastrous things, wants to do the things that are most harmful, most dangerous. Person in that kind of condition, Allah knows best what he will do to his wife, what he'll do to his children, what he'll do at his business what he will do on the road, what he will do in a car, he will cause disaster anywhere and everywhere. So Allah Ta'ala's great mercy and grace, Allah Ta'ala said and made, declared all intoxicants haram. So now a mu'min, because of his iman, his belief in Allah Ta'ala, he says, well Allah Ta'ala made this haram, so I can't go close to it. We say, but what's the problem? Why? He says, I don't need to get into all those details. My Allah has made it haram, but that's it. Allah Ta'ala is my creator. He is my sustainer. He knows me better than I can ever know myself. So Allah Ta'ala made something haram for me. I must accept that and abide by it. That's where my benefit lies. So Allah Ta'ala made this haram. And in the process, the person got saved from so much of disaster. But now if somebody is still defies that prohibition, somebody says that, no, I am not going to be concerned about this, Nauzubillah, I am not going to abide by it, Nauzubillah. And the person goes still into these things, so then what becomes the outcome? What is the end result? How often we have heard about or witnessed Allah protect, Allah save us all, witness somebody or the other going through the repercussions through the consequences of those evil actions, of that indulgence in intoxicants, what became the end result? What kind of disaster the person put himself into? What kind of misery and heartache he brought his family into? And unfortunately, unfortunately, this is becoming a very common problem, let alone among boys, even among girls, this is becoming a very common problem. People get together in family outings, get together in other situations. Now there's somebody or the other who got caught up in these things with some friends previously, or whatever the case may be. Now they are together with cousins, they are together with other family people. And now they start wanting to do the same nonsense and get others influenced in it. Now people who were totally far away from such ideas, from such thoughts, from such actions. But now some person who has already got caught up somewhere else, now they come to a different environment, the environment of family people, they got caught up in school somewhere, in university, Allah forbid, we're not, in all kinds of vices, evils. But now they are in a family setting, so now some cousin is in a madrasa, some cousin is not interested in all these kind of things, but they start talking about it, they start presenting it as if it's something glamorous. And shaitan makes it look now very exciting. And then somebody decides, Nauzubillah, to try it. This is very tragic, it's very, very tragic. 
that how these things start up. And they decide, no, no, you can't be too serious about life. I'm not getting caught up in this. I'm not getting addicted to it. I'm just going to be just having something for fun now. But that one time for fun, that destroyed all the fun of life. Because now the person got hooked onto it. One thing leads to another. That one puff, it just engulfs the person in that smoke of that vice. Allah Ta'ala save us, Allah protect us. And then one thing leads to another. And how many people got badly clapped into these things? Then they, their whole lives became a misery. And they made the lives of their families a misery. And how much of heartache and pain and suffering everybody underwent. And undergoing still. Allah Ta'ala save us all. And give afiyat to one and all. But the point we are talking about is. That Allah Ta'ala made this haram. What a favor it is. That now any conscious Muslim says, no, I can't go near this. It doesn't matter who is trying to encourage me to it. If some cousin, some friend, some family person, whoever it might be, some classmate, whoever it might be, if they are trying to push something, cigarettes, some other intoxicants, drugs, whatever, then I should be, I should have so much of sense. I should be able to think that this person can never ever be my friend. This person is out to destroy me. One of two things, either the person is so ignorant that the person is regarding that as a favor to you. is not realizing that it's going to destroy you also. Saying, no, but if, Billah, I am involved in this now. How can I leave my cousin out? How can I leave my friend out? So I need to get her also to share this. You know, they, you heard about sharing and caring. This is the only time now they remember the sharing and caring. To sh- to share the vices. To share the evil and the sin. La hawla wa la quwata illa billahi al We should be sharing what is good. Sharing the qualities of Iman. Meaning helping one another. Encouraging one another towards the qualities of Iman. Towards righteousness. Towards taqwa. Towards the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala. Not sharing, sharing in very big inverted commas, sharing vice. That is the worst kind of sharing. So in any case, now that person is either so ignorant that they think they are doing us a favor. It's like a person who is feeling cold. So somebody says, no, my friend is feeling cold. I need to make her feel a little warm. So now I must do a favor for my friend. After all, such a good friend she is. So I must do a favor for my friend. So now how can I keep her warm? So in order to keep her warm, so he lights or she lights a little, puts a match onto the clothing of this friend of hers. Because now the clothing will catch a light and this will keep her warm. Now will you think that this is a friend? That now her cloak or something, she lights the cloak, puts, puts fire to it. That now my friend is feeling very cold, so this fire now will keep my friend warm. What's going to be the end result of that fire? Forget warm, it will make her so warm, she will burn down to death, burn to ashes. Now this is the kind of friend either that they are so ignorant, that they don't know that they are destroying the person. Or the person is a wolf in sheep's clothing. The person is pretending to be a friend, but has a terrible agenda. He says, no, if I am going to be falling, I mustn't fall alone. I must take others along with me. If 
I'm going to be getting into trouble, I mustn't get into trouble alone. There must be others who must also get into trouble with me. So these are the things that now a person starts thinking in that line and thinks that this is my friend, so therefore I need to now share with my friend all these vices. So either that person is so ignorant or that person is a wolf in sheep clothing. Either way, whether that person is a wolf in sheep's clothing whether that person is so utterly ignorant, in both cases, we must run far away from such people. Because that person's ignorance will kill us, or harm us terribly, or that person's terrible agenda, and that person's jealousy, that person's malice, which is all just being camouflaged, and say, no, no, don't worry, I, I, I got something nice to share with you. Come and look at this, come and do this, come and... So now he's sounding like a very good friend, but that person wants to harm you. But now when somebody wants to harm you, it will all, won't always be done in an aggressive manner. Sometimes that harm is presented in a very friendly manner. That harm is presented, and that destruction and damage is presented in a very friendly manner. Now this is what we have to be very wary about. That who are really our friends, and who are our enemies? So we should never look down upon anyone, never think about ourselves as better than anyone, but at the same time we cannot take chances with associating with anyone and everyone. We have to be very selective about our company. Somebody tells us that, look, we're going for a drive somewhere, so please you come along. And where are we going? In what, in what, what vehicle are we going? No, well, this vehicle that's here parked outside... This vehicle, uh, this is the vehicle we're going in, in this bus, and this bus doesn't have any brakes, the tires are all worn out, and uh, the engine is in a terrible state, and we're going in this, but now we can't leave you behind, because you are such a good friend of ours, so we're going in this bus, you also come along. Now if a person already knows beforehand that this bus got no brakes, the tires are all worn out, and... It's in a terrible state and it's just a disaster waiting to happen. Don't know whether which first turn or the second turn this thing might capsize. So he says, no, but my friend called me. My friend offered so nicely. My friend was will be disheartened if I don't accept. So if a person now starts thinking in that manner and says, no, but my friend, you know, such a good friend. She's saying, no, I must come with her on this bus. Mm, doesn't matter the bus doesn't have brakes doesn't matter it might capsize the first turn. So nobody thinks in that manner. Anybody who does think in that manner or expresses such a opinion or such a view, say something is seriously wrong with this person. She needs an emergency appointment. And maybe all the other classmates will all get together and they'll all contribute towards the cost of that appointment. That Our friend now, something has seriously gone wrong with her. So when it comes to our physical self, <coughs> when it comes to our physical self, then we don't put ourselves in danger in that manner. That go and jump on a bus where there's no brakes and the tires are worn out and it might capsize any moment. We don't take those chances. Now in this kind of company and friendship, that's the kind of vehicle we are boarding. Because that friend got no brakes. Any prohibition is not a prohibition for him or her. They got no brakes. 
they won't stop at anything. They'll get into any, any harm, any wrong, any vice. So now if we are associating with that same friend, it is like boarding that bus that got no brakes. This person just can't refrain from any wrong and vice. Everything must go. So now we're going to get in the same mess and same problem. So therefore, this we started off discussing on this point, what Allah Ta'ala has made forbidden, what Allah Ta'ala has made haram, that is a great favor upon us. Allah Ta'ala made looking at filth and evil and all kinds of vice. Allah Ta'ala made it haram. Say to the believing men to lower their gazes. Say to the believing woman that they must lower their gazes. Now, Allah Ta'ala made this haram glances forbidden. This evil glances looking at non-mahrams with the wrong intention and then together with that look at all other vices on the phone and internet and whatever else all these evils Allah Ta'ala made this haram what a great favor and bounty this is that this has been made haram because now that it's made haram so a person with little bit consciousness will say Allah Ta'ala made it haram so I must stay away from it so now in staying away from it how many problems a person has saved himself from or herself from? Because the person who stays away from this haram, their heart stays clean, their mind stays clean, they remain peaceful within themselves, otherwise they are constantly in this turmoil. Then they don't get caught up in so many things because now they sting away from what Allah Ta'ala has forbidden. And the person does not obey this, the person does not take that precaution, so now they start looking at one thing, then they get into the next thing, and that drags them into a third thing, and then they get into deeper vices, and then one thing leads to another, and then people later in life are now married, and they are having major problems in their married life, and then they are asking for advice, but you see, I got caught up in this vice when I was still much younger, in my school days, etc., when I started looking at some evil, and then one thing led to another, and now all that is affecting my whole marriage is crumbling now. So, at that time, shaitan masks all this, makes it sound very glamorous, and makes it feel like the person who is not indulging in this is really losing out. But in reality, that person is really winning. The person who is staying away from all the evils, from the vices, that person is winning. But Dunya is a place of test. It won't always become visible and apparent immediately that who's winning and who's losing. But very often in dunya. Now this person restrained herself. She didn't get caught up in all those vices. She didn't get caught up in all that evils that others were getting into. She stayed away from the social media. She stayed away from all this Instagram and whatever else. She didn't get caught up in all this. Now she moved on in life. Now she got married. She's feeling so comfortable within herself. And nobody she is worried about ever. Somebody has got something saved and they got some screenshot somewhere of something I put on social media or I wrote something. And now that is going to be hanging in the air. And don't know when somebody might forward something to my husband. Somebody might forward something to my father-in-law. I don't know. Where. And these things, because you, 
It's so often this is heard what has happened that now somebody got married and now someone else had something saved from the previous time they now start forwarding these things to this person and that person and now it's such an embarrassment now the husband is sometimes receiving these things or sometimes it's the marriage has not yet taken place but the proposal has happened and confirmed and now the nikah is to take place shortly and now these things start surfacing and these things start floating around now the person who refrained herself she didn't get caught up in all this she is so comfortable within herself Alhamdulillah Allah Ta'ala's grace and mercy Allah Ta'ala made these things haram so Allah Ta'ala saved me from it and now I have a clean conscience I don't have to be at edge and worried now that who is going to now suddenly pop out something and it might just turn everything upside down for me what a blessing it is to have that light heart and not be now sitting at edge and not be tormented by the past now something came out now the person has to go into damage control mode and now get somebody else to now come and explain to that husband and explain to, that please now this is all long happened and she made toba from it but now they're still having some doubt now but you know what she made toba really or didn't make or Allah forbid all these things how many lives it has destroyed how many families these things have destroyed so Allah Ta'ala made these things haram for us that's Allah Ta'ala's favor because these things are destructive these things cause so much of problems for a person. So if a person is going to stay away from it, they are not doing anybody else a favor, they are doing themselves a favor. And yes, others will also benefit. Because if a person is on the right path, the person is doing what is right, then others around the person also, they benefit from the person's good character, from the person's good life, from the person's piety. They also enjoy this. They also enjoy the good Benef- the benefits that come out of associating with somebody that is good and if a person goes off the track starts doing all kind of stupid things then the whole family suffers she suffers most but the family suffers the parents suffer the brothers and sisters will suffer others unfortunately go through that pain and heartache as well so this is the very clear path Allah Ta'ala has given us such wonderful uh, things Allah Ta'ala has given us and saved us from all the evils by making the evils haram. So in any case, the discussion that we started off with, right at the beginning was, that shaitan tries to deviate us, by making us feel that we can never give up the sin. So we discussed some of the points last, the last in the last discussion two weeks ago, that number one, never to fall into the step of shaitan and to make the azam the determination one is like a distant thought that yes I should stop this the distant thought like a person now they thinking well I you know what I should read some Quran Sharif now they keep thinking like a distant thought I should read but don't make any intention to read don't start taking any steps towards going towards it so then they keep thinking, yes, I should read. Alhamdulillah, the thought is a good thought, but that is not sufficient to drive a person onto action. The thought must become a firm intention, a determination. That I must do this. So likewise, to get out of that sin, step one is that determination. I must do this. 
But now how am I going to do it? It seems like impossible to me. No, Allah Ta'ala wants from me that I must make that determination and I must take the steps that are in my capacity. What are the steps in my capacity? So we discussed some of these things previously. Among the most important steps, which, are unfor- which is unfortunately most neglected, on a general note, this is most neglected, and yet it is the most effective, and it is in every single person's capacity. Every single person has the ability to do this. And that is the simple prescription, but very, very effective prescription of dua. Now, one is the dua that we make and how we make it, that half-hearted dua that we make without our heart and mind in it, just like parrot fashion, something we just rattle off, we don't even know what we are asking sometimes, and you just go about something in a very haphazard way. Now, this is the one, one way to which things happen. That dua is made. Now, that dua that is in this haphazard manner, in this neglectful manner, that is not the dua that is going to bring the effect. When we talk about making dua, then the dua is to be in a manner that really draws the help of Allah Ta'ala. We probably discussed this previously, but when a person desperately wants something, a person is in a desperate situation, and now they see somebody who is perhaps able to help them. The person is in a desperate need, and he sees this friend is here now, this relative is here, this neighbor is here, who can help me, who has the means to help me now. And they need it desperately. It's like becoming like a life and death situation. So now, how will this person ask? He'll put his hands together. He'll say, but please, please, I'm asking you, begging you one time. Please just help me out. Just, get, just do this little bit for me. Or just lend me this little bit of money. I just, I'm in a terribly desperate situation. And I have to get this done now. Otherwise, it's going to become such a big problem for me. So please, and then some tears will come out also. And then the person is still not budging. If we see the person is still not budging, then he will really probably go and fall at his feet sometimes maybe because of such a desperate situation. I just received one, one email this morning from somebody overseas and the person now, the way in which that email was worded, just merely reading that email melts a person's heart. Allah Ta'ala give him ease and afiyat. Very brief, very short email, but the, the point that we are talking about when somebody is asking something in desperation. So, that is what came through. Now, the person, how he titled it, uh, Extreme Emergency. And then under it, the long and short is coming to mind now, inshallah, it will serve as a means of gaining the du'as of everybody listening. That this person's wife suddenly got extremely ill some lung disease and she got admitted into the ICU and now he's saying he's got a one-year-old child and he's in a really parishan state, very, very desperate, very, very perturbed, of, he doesn't know how to handle the situation, so he's asking for dua. 
Now he is also asking for dua. But how he presented that we all should make dua for him, for his family, for everybody throughout the world, all the Muslims, in our own families and everybody else who is sick, who is ill, Allah Ta'ala give each one shifa, Allah Ta'ala remove all their ailments, Allah Ta'ala remove our spiritual ailments, cures from all our spiritual ailments and our physical ailments. So in any case we make dua for all those who are sick, all those who are in any difficulties, any hardships, Allah Ta'ala grant afiat to one and all. But now this person also, sometimes a person says, make dua, you know what, I want to maybe do something. So it's like, being presented, make dua, but the person says it in a very casual way. But here, there was a very desperate cry, a plea for help, a plea for dua. And he might have written to maybe dozens of people, whoever might be on his contact list, he might have sent it to everybody, Allah knows. But the point is, the desperation. Now that is what the dua has to, what has to be in the dua. Now a person is in a situation, and they're very casual. Unfortunately, dua is something we, we just, just neglect completely. Whereas now to search for that, especially the more acceptable times of dua, that special moments, the person takes a time to wake up for tahajjud, or the time of, now just about maghrib time, close to sunset, between the adhan and salah times, then there are other specific times in the day. So now the person is looking for one of these times, or any time of the day for that matter, making fresh wudu, two rakats, nafil, salatul tawbah, salatul haja, four rakats, then raising one's hand in all humility, first making istighfar very deeply, and then begging Allah Ta'ala, and begging and begging, that dua is the most effective weapon Allah Ta'ala has given us, but it has to be used correctly. A person has a weapon, but the person doesn't know how to use it. Then forget killing a lion, it won't even kill a fly. Now he has that high caliber rifle which can bring down a lion, but he doesn't know how to use it. So it won't even kill a fly. So Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with this weapon of dua and with this very effective means of dua. But we have to use it correctly. And then we'll see the effect of that dua. So, with all the desperation that we can put into it, we start begging Allah Ta'ala. Ya Allah, you grant me complete protection from the sin. You remove me from this situation that I have put myself into. Ya Allah, you grant afiyat in my deen, in my dunya. So, when a person will start making this dua, his heart will start opening out towards what else he can do. Allah Ta'ala will open the way for him. So, among the most important things is dua. Together with dua, that heart needs to start getting strengthened. That heart is thinking that I cannot do this. That is because of the weakness of the heart. The person needs to walk. He say, no, no, I'm feeling so weak, I can't walk. I don't think I'll be able to walk. Whereas now, if he just takes a courage and stands up a little bit, he'll end up walking. But now he feels, no, I'm too weak. So now if he's too weak, he starts strengthening himself, starts eating some nourishing food, and then he'll get a bit strong and then he'll start walking. So likewise, that heart needs that spiritual nourishment. So one is the dua, and together with that is the tilawat of the Quran Sharif, property with tajweed, and trying to ponder over what the Quran Sharif is saying to us. If a person doesn't know the meaning, then just being conscious, Allah Ta'ala is listening. And 
the tilawat of the Quran Sharif in this manner and the dhikr of Allah Ta'ala. Earnest, deep-hearted dhikr of Allah Ta'ala. La ilaha illallah, Allah, Allah, istighfar, turut sharif. All this brings tremendous noor in the heart. And that noor is the nourishment of the heart. And to the extent that the heart is being nourished, it will start strengthening. And we start strengthening, then the person feels, no, I can do it. Inshallah, with the fadl of Allah Ta'ala, with the grace of Allah Ta'ala, I can run out of this, I can stay away from it. So, the determination, that firm determination that yes, Inshallah, with the fadl of Allah Ta'ala, I will come out of this. I must stop it. Earnest dua, and repeatedly, repeatedly, earnest dua. And together with that, the zikr of Allah Ta'ala, very fervently, the consciousness of the heart, not in a haphazard manner. The dhikr of Allah Ta'ala is extremely great, no matter how, uh, sort of without any presence of mind also a person took the name of Allah Ta'ala, that too will give him benefit. That too is not devoid of benefit. But to the extent that there will be this concentration, this, div- this heart being in it, to that extent it will become effective. And it will nourish that heart. And it will strengthen that heart. And now the person will find this, this strength coming in. So these things are to be done very diligently. Never to allow this to be neglected. It should be done very, very thoroughly, very del- diligently. And inshallah we will see how this will take us through, how it will strengthen us. And those things which we thought would never be possible to leave, those vices also will then very quickly just disappear from our lives. With the fuzzle of Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala. But Allah ta'ala has placed that effect in these amal. So among the things that we have to do are these things. We've discussed other things already. This too was discussed previously, but this is highlighting the most important things. This dua, tilawat of the Quran Sharif, dhikrullah, obviously starting off with this very, very strong determination that yes, with the help of Allah ta'ala, I'm going to give up this. May Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala give us the courage Give us the tawfiq that we are strong in our iman and refrain from all kinds of vice and evil. Allah Ta'ala give us complete najat and safety from all the sins. وَآخِرُ دَعْوَانَا عَنِ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ Allahumma laka الْحَمْدُ كُلُّهُ وَلَكَ الشُّكْرُ كُلُّهُ Allahumma la نُحْسِي ثَنَاءً عَلَيْكَ أَنْتَ كَمَا أَثْنَيْتَ عَلَى نَفْسِكَ جَزَ اللَّهُ عَنَّا نَبِيَّنَا مُحَمَّدًا اللهم افتح لنا بالخير واختم لنا بالخير واجعل عواقب أمورنا بالخير بيدك الخير إنك على كل شيء قدير ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين واجعلنا للمتقين إماما ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأبرار ربنا وآتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة إنك لا تخلف الميعاد اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه اجمعين والحمد لله رب العالمين